We are live from the great state of Tennessee. I'm your host, Patrick Simpson, and this is Paranoid, the podcast where we break down conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries and separate fact from fiction. So today is a huge day. I've been saying it for a while, and I know you probably were like, I just keep saying this over and over. At a certain point, I didn't know if I was actually going to be able to finally pull it off. But the day is finally here. We are finally on YouTube. Now, this episode that I'm doing today is not on YouTube. It is an introduction episode just for new people that are on YouTube to see who I am, see what I'm about, see what my philosophy is. So I said it's not an official episode as far as talking about a conspiracy, but it is an introduction. And I said that will be posting in about 30 minutes. So at eight, I think this episode will drop at 730. The YouTube will be live at eight. So most of you, by the time you listen to this, the YouTube will be live. I said I'm super, super excited about it. Got a lot of big things planned. And like I said, I'm glad this day is finally here. So. If you're listening to this after you're done with this episode, maybe later on today or right after, who knows, whenever you got time, just go ahead. I said, I put the link in the notes to this podcast. Just go ahead and go on there, get a quick listen. Really appreciate it if you press the subscribe button. And like I said, just go on this journey with me. Super excited. Except nothing on the podcast is going to change. Podcast will be exactly the same. But Basically, my plan is is to do shorter 10 to 15 minute episodes for those that maybe the topic isn't as interesting or just don't have the time to listen to the full episode. So that will be there. I said I would love it if you listen to both, but I mean, I might be unrealistic. So I said we're going to have options. Plus, I said, I don't know, a lot of people are more visual. Like I'm saying the same things, but people just like watching something versus just listening to a podcast, especially if you're like working from home. So like I said, that by the time you're listening to this will be live. And like I said, we'll be posting those episodes every Monday, more than likely, because there's a lot of good stuff in the past that I've talked about. So they the episodes and YouTube probably won't be in sync for a while. I'm probably going to go back and cover some old stuff just so the YouTube people can get shorter versions of those, but eventually they will be in sync. Whatever I talk about on the podcast will be posted on YouTube at the same exact time, the same exact day. So I said, I'm really, really excited about that. Just the beginning. Next step is to get the website. Then eventually if people want it, you know, maybe some merch, t-shirts, whenever that comes, I'm not really that worried about it. But I said, next step is the website, which probably should have been before the YouTube, but I mean, bear with me. I'm just figuring this all out. Like I said, it wouldn't be possible without all of you that have been listening from day one or those that have jumped in and start, kept listening. I said, I appreciate it. When I first started this last June, I did not expect to be doing a YouTube, but like I said, people seem to like the material. So now we're moving on to bigger and better things. But for now, let's go ahead and get into the actual story for today. The one thing that is really, really big in America. There's there's a lot of things in America that are big, but one of the biggest things in America is our pride, our pride in the flag, our pride in the country, and specifically our pride in our military. And I served in the army myself. And during that time, when you 
were in uniform and you had to stop and get gas. You always have people thanking you for your service, offering to buy your whatever you have at the cash register. Like people here, especially in the South, really love and really appreciate the military. And if you go to any kind of sporting event, usually during commercial break, there's always time honoring a soldier that just got back. Like it's just it's just a part of American culture. And it seems normal to us, but it's really not like that in other countries, which is a discussion for another day. But so here in America, we take really big pride in our military. But something else that is also big in America that is bigger here than anywhere else in the world is football. Obviously, said also in the South, but really everywhere, but specifically in the South and on the East Coast. Football is life. Like people fight, people divorce, crazy things happen over the sport of football. So when these two intertwine, it definitely creates a very interesting story. And we have to go back to the year 2002. And a linebacker from the Arizona Cardinals by the name of Pat Tillman. He was in the NFL and he was a like really good player. He wasn't just some random bench warmer. He was an NFL all pro player. He made the NFL all pro team in 2000. And after the end of the 2002 season, at 2001-2002 season, he's offered a $3.6 million contract from the Cardinals to basically come back. But he said this is a months after the September 11th attacks, and he felt compelled to go serve his country and fight this war. So he turns down $3.6 million to go join the military and help fight this war. And like I said, you combine these two things. People love football, but people really love the military. So a guy quitting football to go join the military is just seen as just the most honorable thing ever. And like I said, he, and it is honorable. It's a very honorable thing. But unfortunately, this story did not have a good ending. And in 2004, on another tour in Afghanistan, Pat Tillman was killed out in the, out in the middle of the action. And like I said, it is unfortunate, but here back in America, the story comes back and he is seen as just the biggest hero. He said he, he quits the NFL, he joins the military, he goes and he's killed by terrorists, basically, and he died for our country. And he said, from there, it's a really sad story, but at the end of the day, he said he died for his country, and that's very noble. But that was just not the end of the story, and it wasn't even close to the story. And what ends up happening is honestly, I don't think people realize, but what transpired after the death of Pat Tillman is easily one of the biggest cover-ups of the 21st century. I think people know a little bit about it, but as we dig in today, you'll see just how high up, just how deep all of this went to cover up what really happened to Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman was a symbol of heroism in the war on terror, an NFL star who left behind a $3.6 million contract 
and his new wife to fight for his country after the attacks of September 11th. When he died in Afghanistan on April 22, 2004, the Army told his family he'd been killed by enemy fire after courageously charging up a hill to protect his fellow Army Rangers. But that story didn't hold up. He was really killed by friendly fire, shot accidentally by his fellow soldiers. So as always, we'll start off giving a little bit of background just on Tillman in general and everything. Like I said, he was 25 at the time that he joined the military in 2002, and he went to college at Arizona State University. Um, he had a very successful time there. I think his junior season, they went undefeated and made it to the Rose Bowl. He was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He graduates. He's drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 1998, where he played his entire career for those three years. Like I said, in 2000, he was named to Sports Illustrated's All-Pro team, um, had a really, really good season. And then in um, May of 2002, he's offered a $3.6 million contract from the Arizona Cardinals, and he turns that down. Him and his brother both go in a list at the same time. And except for you younger people, I know you know what 9-11 is. But during this time, people were going to sign up for the military like in droves, like something we had never seen before in our lifetime and may never see again. Like the patriotism, the anger, the fear, everything that happened post 9-11, people were just eager to join the military and get Osama bin Laden, get Al-Qaeda, get the people who did this, they need to pay. And he said he just didn't feel right sitting playing the sport, making millions of dollars while other people were basically overseas fighting to keep him safe. So he said him and his brother both go and join the military and they graduate from basic training in 2002. Also in 2002, they both become Army Rangers, and they're assigned to the Ranger Battalion in Fort Lewis, Washington. I think he did two tours um, prior to this. His very first tour, which was, so he was a part of the initial invasion at Operation Iraqi Freedom. He did that one first, then he did a tour in Afghanistan, and then he did another tour right after that. So... This all takes place on April 22nd, 2004, and it is reported that Pat Tillman has died in Afghanistan. And like I said, the story, except everybody knows who Pat Tillman is during this time. I mean, said this is the most patriotic story ever, really, of a guy turning down millions to go join the army. So everybody was following him. Everybody knew who he was. So America's hero basically is dead. And the information that comes out is that Pat Tillman was killed by an Afghan military soldier. Um, said he was, they were attacked in an apparent ambush. And I guess once he got outside of his truck, he was killed by, said some Afghan soldier. 
There's also some stories that went around that he ran up a hill to go towards the Afghan army in an attempt to save his fellow soldiers. So like I said, he passes away and the news and everything just starts running with all these crazy, crazy stories. I mean, just all kind of just heroic, crazy things he did. Kind of like playing the whisper game. You whisper something, and then by the time it gets to the end of the last person, it's something totally different. It's basically what it was going on here. I mean, just crazy Captain America type stories that he just ran into the battle and fought to save his fellow soldiers. After his death, he was giving the Silver Star the Purple Heart, and was promoted to the rank of corporal. He was a specialist. He was promoted to the rank of corporal and said all these, and I think he also was given the Silver Star. So just basically every great possible award that an Army soldier could get, he received. He said his funeral was televised live on TV, like on ABC, CBS. Like I said, this was, I know a lot of people probably don't realize it like you know the story but this was a gigantic deal at the time so this is america's soldier america's guy that died in battle defending his soldiers and like i said at the beginning it's a tragic story but it's what happens in war so like i said the family's devastated but he's a hero and for a short little while very short little while Life goes on, and he gets his awards, and that's it. But four weeks after the memorial service that was all over TV, his brother, whose name is Kevin Tillman, he's still in the military, back on base, and his sergeant pulls him to the side and tells him that his brother had been killed by friendly fire, which you don't know military terms. That means he was killed by an actual United States soldier, somebody on his side. And his their mother... Mary got the news from a reporter that called her for comment. And I can't even comprehend, said, I don't have children, but I couldn't imagine losing a child, but I couldn't imagine losing him in battle and then having a reporter call and ask you what you think about him being killed by a friendly fire. Like I just couldn't comprehend having to find it out that way. And said, once the family finally gets a heads up, the battle begins and it took four, it would take years of digging, almost four years of digging, mainly led by the mother Mary, seven official investigations and two congressional hearings before some kind of resemblance of the truth is finally revealed. And more than 2000 pages of testimony was released to the Associated Press. And like I said, this whole thing just completely falls apart and reveals, like I said, probably one of the biggest conspiracies, biggest cover-ups of the 21st century. And this isn't something that just like a couple of soldiers that were there and their leader knew about. This went high up the chain. And when I say high up the chain, I we don't know for sure. But when we say high up the chain, we mean all the way to the top. And I'm not all the way to the top pretty high to the top. So Lieutenant General um, of the military, 
basically he's the one that approved the silver the silver star in 2004 and this gave a detailed account of Tillman's death including the phrase quote in the line of devastating enemy fire but the very next day after he gives out the silver star he sends a high level confidential memo to senior government officials that Tillman might have actually been killed by friendly fire and like i said this goes high up the chain like we're talking about senior commanders within u.s central command the commander of the united states like i mean this went high up all the way basically to the top especially to the top of military command we know for sure but except we'll talk a little bit later it went almost basically to the top of the white house and like I said, this was a cover-up from the very beginning. So what we find out is that Pat Tillman has three shots to the forehead, and these shots were shot within 10 feet. So, I mean, not 10, yeah, within 10 feet, which is obviously, like, super close range. Like, not, like, from 10 feet, it doesn't matter care who you are. Like, unless you're in the absolute pitch black like, you know what you're shooting at from that close of a distance. And like I said, these weren't just random. Like, they were controlled, grouped, like, grouped together, close together shots from someone that obviously knew what they were doing and had good aim. And immediately after this happens, the cover-up begins immediately after. So members of Pat Tillman's unit, they burn his body armor, and they burn his uniform so that there's no evidence. Because like I said, if this story, whatever happens, then, like I said, they could dig and see, okay, well, does his uniform have bullet holes or whatever? So they take everything that he has and they burn it, which basically said is a huge, gigantic crime. They're literally destroying evidence that anything that could go back to showing what really happened. So several soldiers were eventually punished and they were removed from the United States Army Rangers, even though they should be in jail. So like I said, this basically just keeps going and going and going. And like I said, that Associated Press article in 2007 reveals that basically Army attorneys, like I said, everything gets comes out to light eventually. So we find emails Basically, the attorneys for the army sending congratulatory emails to each other for keeping the criminal investigations at bay. So basically, these attorneys that are hired by the army or JAG officers that are actually in the army, they are basically are purposely misleading these investigators. And like I said, for whatever reason, people are dumb. Not I mean, it's 2007. I guess they don't realize emails can be traced back up, I, even though you deleted them. I don't know. Like they said, their attorneys are literally congratulating each other for halting criminal of investigations. Like this thing is just like deep. And like I said, you may listen and be like, like why? But but if you said it, if you don't understand what Pat Tillman meant to the military, because now while the Afghanistan war, the go after Osama bin Laden go after al-Qaeda. Everybody was in favor of that. 9-11 was unacceptable and we had to respond. And this is another thing with Pat Tillman. He joined the army to go to Afghanistan, but originally 
when he enlisted, he was sent to Iraq first. So that whole fiasco of basically you got celebrities and people coming out and everybody's against the Iraq war originally. So then once they're against the Iraq war, they slowly start to turn against the war in Afghanistan also because it's just not leading to anything. So you got this huge anti-war sentiment going on in America right now. On top of the fact that your champion soldier died, you want to be like these guys. Do you remember? These are the bad guys. They just killed Pat Tillman, our hero. They got to be taken care of. If they just come out and say he was killed by one of our own people in the midst of all this, like I said, there was a huge 60 Minutes article coming out on, like I said, the whole exposure on that we were torturing prisoners of war and doing the waterboarding. That 60 Minutes special was about to come out. Like the anti-war sentiment was huge. Like this was their one little win that they had was the Pat Tillman story. Except our Captain America, he goes down. Like I said, you got to point the finger at the actual enemy. So, you know, maybe Americans can come together and, you know, be for this war again. You just can't come out and be like, yeah, we're out there killing our own people, especially our Pat Tillman. So, that's why it goes so high up. If it had been anybody else, I mean, they probably would have told the family immediately. It would have been some kind of minor story, maybe locally where that person lived, but it wouldn't have been anything like this. But just the timing of everything and who Pat Tillman was, like I said, they had to try their absolute hardest to keep covering this up. So on April 24, 2007, specialist Brian O'Neill who was the last soldier known to see Pat Tillman alive, testified before the House committee that he was warned by his superiors to not dig into information that a fellow soldier killed Tillman and especially do not mention anything about it to the Tillman family. And in July of 2007, the leading members of the House Committee on Government Reform revealed that the Bush administration and the Pentagon had withheld key documents relating to Tillman's death and denied any new document request from Congress, citing executive privilege. And on August of 2007, the Associated Press reported that 20 U.S. military veterans who had fought in Afghanistan actually went to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, to help secure the release of all documents about Pat Tillman. Why they think Roger Goodell could have some say-so, I don't know, but they were desperate. Like they were to probably talk to their anybody that would listen in the military, but no one is digging into that because I said it was high up at this point. So like I said, they were desperate and they were like, Roger Goodell, can you help us? Can you do something? I mean, people said really wanted the truth to come out. And Pat Tillman's mother, she laid a lot of the blame for the cover-up at Donald, Rums, Donald Rumsfeld, who was Bush's Secretary of Defense at the time. And Rumsfeld basically said he was very interested in the story of Pat Tillman from the time he joined the military. Like I said, it was a big story at the time, so I mean, it's not anything out of the ordinary, but him being Secretary of Defense, he's interested in this and he was so interested that he actually writ pat a letter when he enlisted thanking him for enlisting so it's not like okay i saw it on the news like he hand writ 
Pat Tillman a letter thanking him for his service and for joining. So his mother thinks that it is crazy to think that Donald Rumsfeld, who we know is a very big micromanager, and he's very interested in the special operations units that Pat Tillman was doing. Like he wanted to know everything that was going on with the Rangers and the special operations. So in her minds, there's no possible way that Donald Rumsfeld didn't know. And of course, um, Donald Rumsfeld denies, says he would never engage in a cover up, whatever that means. He could be right. I'm not saying he's necessarily guilty. But of course, he's going to come out and say that he didn't do a cover up because that is a absolutely gigantic crime. But Donald Rumsfeld was the only Pentagon person involved in this. At the time, General Stanley McChrystal basically was the leader of the Joint Specials, Joint Special Operations Command, which was basically running the Pentagon efforts in Afghanistan like this was like the big group that was doing like all the low-key underground missions in Afghanistan. Seven days after Pat Tillman was killed amid all the evidence that they were destroying McChrystal sent a memo up the chain of command as a heads up to the president and other senior officials who might make speeches about the incident. So basically, he sends a memo up to the top saying, okay, don't, this is what happened. So, you know, be vague when you talk about Pat Tillman. Don't really talk about what exactly happened because you don't want to perjure yourself or anything of anything. Basically, like I said, you don't want to unknowingly contradict yourself and make something look stupid just in case the circumstances of Pat Tillman's death become public. It doesn't come back on you. So, that right there leads me to believe that this went all the way up the chain. I'm not, maybe not to President Bush, but I would say, I mean, it definitely, I would say Donald Rumsfeld definitely knew Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, maybe even the Vice President, maybe even the President. I don't know. I'm not going to put that on him, but it went high up the list. If we're talking about a senior Pentagon official says that he admits that he sent memos up and he's already in the Pentagon. There's only there's not many ways to go up from the Pentagon other than to the White House. So like I said, this went, like I said, maybe not all the way to Bush, but it went almost as close to the top as you can go. Like I said, they were trying to protect each other and make sure, you know, if this does come out that you didn't don't say anything contradictory. And while everything that we have discussed is obviously a giant conspiracy, it doesn't stop there because like I said eventually the the information does come out and there's not really anybody denying it. There's I'll assume nobody's denying it anymore. So it was a giant conspiracy, but it has been solved as far as he was killed by one of his own soldiers. But Depending on who you talk to, the unsolved portion still remains. How exactly did this happen? Like there's miscommunication and they think the other group, like I said, there's two different, they're in the same platoon, but two different, I guess, squads 
and they're just shooting at each other, but they're shooting at the actual, they're shooting at their own people. And like I said, I mean, it's understandable from a faraway range. You just hear shots and you didn't communicate on where each squad was going to be. So it can happen. But how does Pat Tillman get shot three times in the forehead, 10 feet away? You don't mistake someone from that far away. And whether this is true or not, someone, it is stated by one of the soldiers that was there, that while Pat Tillman, the whole story of Pat Tillman running up the hill actually was a true story. But when Pat Tillman got basically up the hill, he yelled like he saw that the other group were his people. And he yelled, basically, stop, I'm Pat Tillman. So if Pat Tillman, except if we are to believe this story, which I don't see why that wouldn't not to believe him at this point, seeing the people that were there have told the truth this whole time. If Pat Tillman is able to yell and scream because he knows who the other side is, I mean, who's to say that the other group that shot at him didn't, by the time they got 10 feet away, know either it was an American soldier or specifically it was actually Pat Tillman. And this basically came around said July 26, 2007. Chris Matthews on the show Hardball, which is said, a popular political news show, I think, on NBC. He states that Tillman's death may have been deliberate by Tillman's fellow soldiers, specifically that the bullet holes were so tight and neat that it just couldn't have been an accident. It just it just couldn't have been. And said he didn't just make this up. This actually was speculation on the report that the doctors who examined Tillman's body came up with. The day, the next day, the Associated Press reported that a doctor who examined Tillman's body after his death wrote, quote, the medical evidence did not match up with the scenario as described. Also noting that the wound entrances appeared as though it had been shot with an M16 rifle like I said, at close range. And like I said, when officers and soldiers were asked during the criminal investigation, they were for sure that the shooting was accidental. Said Tillman was popular among his fellow soldiers and that he had no enemies. Um, But of course, like I said, even they've already uncovered it up. So... Now that said, at this point, they could just be trying to salvage whatever, or they could be telling the truth. But the three-star general, who basically was one of the first major people to withhold details on Tillman's death, basically told investigators that he had a bad memory and could not recall the details of anything, which is interesting. And... Like I said, um, the army doctors all basically came together and suggested that Tillman's wounds were murder because it just it just doesn't make any sense. How at ten feet away, or it might, I keep saying ten feet, it might have been ten yards, um, but even then, ten yards away. Like I said, I can get one shot, but three. Specific, like I said, you're not panicking. You're not just shooting at 
air, like you said, three specific. I mean, the forehead is not a big area. I mean, obviously. So they get three close range, tight knot, tight knit shots to the forehead 10 yards away. I mean, you have to be looking at their nose, at their eyes. Like, you know what your your fellow military member is wearing. Like I said, at a certain point, someone has to be screaming stop, something. So it does leave open this, like I said, theory of is there even more? Like I said, there's definitely a little bit more that we don't know. I'm sure there's some other details that we still don't know. But the big question at hand is, was this actually an accidental case of friendly fire? And I said, at this point, we'll never actually get an answer. There's no investigation into it. So unless someone's just feeling guilty and comes forward, this is probably going to be just something that's out in the open. And as a fellow, like I said, as a fellow veteran, I said would do my best to believe in the best of soldiers, especially ones that just went and joined right after 9-11. They went out there doing the right thing. I just, I'm not going to come out here and say that a soldier intentionally killed another American soldier. I mean, I'm personally, I'm just not going to come out and say that. But like I said, it is possible. Like I said, in like I said, the doctors, I trust the doctors who look at bodies who have seen war. I mean, it's not like these people have never seen war. These are like military doctors that have seen tons of war, and they're saying this does not look like an accidental shooter. Like I said, if this has just been something, just some random, I don't know, YouTuber or one random reporter said, I could easily wash it away. But they said these doctors that know what they're talking about say this does not look accidental at all. And that makes me raise an eyebrow. Like, did he have an enemy? Was there something going on behind the scenes? Maybe an argument or a dispute or something that happened on the base? I mean, there, I mean, this could go a hundred, a thousand different ways. We don't know what was going on. And I think. It would make sense. Like I said, why? That would also make another reason why the cover-up was so big. Yes, Pat Tillman was, you know, America's hero, America's champion. But the fact that the moment he died, like I said, they started burning stuff and covering up stuff makes me think, like I said, the individual soldiers. I could get the individual soldiers telling the truth and then like the higher-ups covering it. That is what I would assume probably would happen. But the fact that the actual soldiers, his actual platoon people, immediately started to cover up makes me think that there could be something more going on here. Like I said, I'm not going to say whether or not, because like I said, on this one, I don't know. There's no information other than what said what the doctors think. But like I said, the fact that they were so adamant about covering this up themselves makes me think that there really could be more going on. But regardless, this just goes to show you, and I've been saying this since the very first episode, this just goes to show you that there are no bounds that our government or people higher up or just anybody will not do to achieve a goal. So you see it all the time. Oh, the government will never do this. 
the military would never do this. The president would never do this. Why would our country do this? But nothing in our history has shown us that they're not going to do it. Like I said, you've been following the podcast from the beginning of time, even back to said, even back to prohibition when they were just poisoning the alcohol, like things that we say that are like, quote, conspiracies, people are like, oh, well, that's stupid. They would never do that. But time after time after time, we have continued to see that, yes, if the situation presents itself, they will do some pretty bad, some pretty evil things. And like I said, something like this, lying, going on national, you know that this funeral is on national television and you being one of the highest ranking military commanders goes on TV in front of the entire country and it's more importantly, looks in their family faces and lies to this family. You see this grieving family, you look them in their face and only for what reason? To protect the image of a war that wasn't very popular. Like I said, we're not even talking, there, there's way other things that we've talked about, such as like the Sokol War, nuclear possible war. Like there's things that have been had way actually bigger more important impacts that we've had to deal with. This was just the perception of a war and the perception of a hero. And they did all this, like I said, all the way up to the White House. We don't know how high, but it went all the way up to the White House to cover this up. So if they're willing to cover up this, then what else out there are they willing to cover up? That is all I got for today. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Maybe learn something new. As I said at the beginning of the episode, we are now on YouTube. I am not talking about the Pat Tillman story on YouTube, but go ahead, take a quick second to go on YouTube. The link is in the notes on whatever podcast you're listening to. Go ahead, listen to that introductory YouTube, subscribe on there. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I know you may not want to listen to both, but just go on there, take a quick listen, said subscribe, and you can listen to that whenever you want. As always, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Patrick Simpson. Said things hopefully will start to be picking up more and more. Said, um, really appreciate you keeping up the engagement, the suggestions, the things you tag me in. I'll always thank you for it. Just makes me feel like I'm actually doing something that people are interested in. So please, please don't stop. If you're on Apple or iTunes, appreciate it. You take a quick second just to leave an honest review. Now that we are on YouTube, we are starting to expand to different audiences that we would never be able to reach before. So they're going to click on the podcast and they're going to look down at your notes because they're not just going to want to listen to what I have to say. I'm going to give a good review, but they're going to want to see what other listeners have listened to. So now more than ever, said. Take a quick second, just leave an honest review so that you said the new people that are going to be coming in soon have some opinions from you out there. So whatever you think of the podcast, leave an honest review. I'd really appreciate it. And we'll be back next Monday with a very new episode. My name is Patrick Simpson, and this is Paranoid.